are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bibles, please, tonight, and let's turn to the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua this evening. It's been a wonderful day, and uh, I hope that you've had a good day. And now we're in the last part of the day, Wednesday night. And I hope this has been a day where you can look back at the end of the day. It's been so good to be alive. I've told you before, I pray every morning about my second prayer. I have a couple, I just make sure I pray and then I get into prayer. But I say, Lord, today I'm going to live or I'm going to die or it's going to be the rapture. And I want to be ready for all three. And I don't know, the day's not over yet. But as you look back over the day, God's been so good to us. God's always good to us. And I'm so very grateful for his mercy. I'm grateful for this good crowd. Now, we've been studying, and I say studying, we sort of a, a brief, what I'm calling a synopsis of every book. Because I'm trying to get us to stay in the Bible. I don't know if we'll do the entire Bible this year this way but I, I've enjoyed it personally myself. And so tonight, we begin the book of Joshua. Now, we have covered Genesis. What does Genesis mean? You be the class tonight. Not only a church, but let's be a class. Genesis means what? Beginnings, Beginnings. good. Exodus means to do what? Exit. To exit, they're gonna leave. It's like these exit signs you see here that are illuminated. To, to leave, they're leaving. And uh, they've asked Pharaoh, let us go. We're going to worship our God. Leviticus is a book that deals with the Levites, Leviticus. And Levites, and God was saying, okay, you're getting ready now. You're going to another land. In time, you have to be holy. He says 87 times the word holy. God desires a holy people. When we're anything but holy, there's grief in heaven. And so we see a, a book of holiness. And then we saw numbers. This is probably the most difficult one. What does numbers mean? Anybody have an idea? What does it mean to what? Number. You're smart people. You must have a good teacher, I guess. Or your parents taught you something. It's numbering the people. Because they're moving in. Uh, one generation, the old generation had to die off. There was one reason, do we remember? One reason why they had to die off. Starts with the letter U. What was it? What took place in the old generation? What was it? Unbelief, exactly. And they died off, and now there's a new generation. That's why they had to be numbered. And they were numbered by tribes, and they're numbered by men that could war. Then we have the book of Deuteronomy. Joshua, Judge, uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It closes out the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament that Moses penned. The Pentateuch just simply means the scroll or the book. Now, the book of Deuteronomy means the book. These be the words of Moses, 
Deuteronomy, long word for means words. Now, I'm going to go back, and I don't know how much I can keep going with this letter R. In my Bible, I have all the things I just gave you at the front of every book. So Genesis, I've written in there, and I've done it with most of my Bibles, because I want to know, what is this book? What is the theme of this book? And I don't know. I've done it so long. I think I could go through every book and tell you, I'm certain, the word that I have that identifies the book. Now, that sounds very impressive, but that's only six, 66 words. I was preaching in somewhere in the Midwest, and there was a preacher, a young preacher, preaching with me who grew up in a preacher's home, and he's been pastoring probably 10 years to now, to now. And he has taken not just every book, but he has outlined with a word every chapter in the Bible. That is really, I, I was so amazed at it so thrilled. And I have had for years the same exercise. I've never outlined a book and said, okay, this, cha this chapter is this. But a lot of times when I drive home from a meeting, if I got to have a two, three, four hour, I drive by myself and I'll think, okay, I'm going to take the book of Genesis. And I try to go through the 50 chapters. What does this chapter deal with? What does chapter two deal with? And what's chapter three? And sometimes I get stuck on a chapter. I'll say, I've got to figure that one out when I get back home. I, what, I can't remember what that chapter's about. And I don't say I have them all down, certainly. You might do much better than I do. But through this study, I've taken another word and begun to add it to beginnings and begin to add it to exodus, exit, and I added it to holiness. And I'm using the letter R. And last week I gave you a little bit, but... The word R for Genesis, to me, is ruin, R-U-I-N, because sin ruined everything. And you start and begin in chapter one, you know, by way of review, life, and you get to chapter 50 and the last verse in a coffin in Egypt. And because between life and death, there's that little dash. I remember reading you that poem about the dash in life. And really, this is a great date, and this is a great date. But what you do between those two dates is the important thing. You see, I've, I've done a, a mess. Here it is. I was born in this year. Now I'm all the way over here. I've not done much with my life. Yeah, but your dash is not done yet. Still a lot of good things to put in that dash. And in the rune you see in Genesis is sin enters in and rebellion enters in and murder enters in and lying to your dad enters in, and lying husband to wife, and wife to husband enters in, and deceit from a brother to a brother, and selling a brother to bondage, and they lied for 20 years to their dad. I would say that's a book of ruin. The book of Exodus is the second book, and I call that letter R the book of removing. You're exiting, glad to see Nobody writing it down, but nonetheless, but nonetheless, uh, you're removing. You're going from point A to point B, rune, and then removal. And then you get to the book of Leviticus, holiness is very obvious, is righteousness. And you get to the book, of, now, some of these don't want to force, but this is pretty good word, this one. Numbers, what was it? It was a roll book. You could have said amen to that. It was, it was just like a Sunday school roll. We're going to keep track of all the Levi's and their names. 
and all, all the various tribes of the tribes of Judah and the tribes of Simeon, all of it, we're gonna keep track, it's a roll book. And then, I, I know this is pushing it a little bit, Deuteronomy, the words, is the remarks. Thank you very much, you said that. Okay, you can go home a little early tonight. This is gonna go for four hours. You can go home in three hours tonight, whoever said that was good. Remarks. And then we got last week to, um, uh, this week we get to the word, the book Joshua. I'll give you the R in just a minute. I love the book of Joshua. I came here as a young pastor. It was the first book that I preached from on a Sunday night. My pastor, my father-in-law, said, now, Jack, it will be good for you if you'll get yourself, particularly on Sunday night and Wednesday night, in a book study and preach through that book. It will force you to get something from that book. Take a chapter a week or whatever it might be. It would be good for you to do that. Well, I took the book of Joshua because I knew it was an exciting book. I, I, would, I would recommend every young preacher that's listening, you're starting a church or you're taking your first church, I recommend two books that, I, I put our church in these two books and preached about it all, the book of Joshua and the book of Nehemiah. They were building books, they were conquering books, they were setting a direction book. There's a new leader in town and both of them and, and God was using them. I can remember, I can remember in that A-frame building. Sometimes I get to a text and I'll not remember the message, but I remember preaching that building uh, from this text. I, I love the book of Joshua. Joshua is a book where they are conquering the land. And of course, if you keep that word conquering the land, they're gonna conquer, first city was Jericho. The second city was Ai. The third city was Gilgal, and then they had Shechem. And there was one city after another. They had left Egypt behind. They had left the wilderness for 40 years behind. And now it's conquering land. And the first city, Jericho, such an exciting story because they walked around that city every day, once a day. And on the seventh, they walked seven times, blew those trumpets. Remember that? I'll never forget when I was preaching. That's chapter six and seven, chapter six. Brother Bertram, I'll never forget preaching from Joshua chapter six. I mean, it was on that night. Our building had, people had been, our church was growing. It had a, we expanded it out. We hadn't yet expanded it. It could hold 180 seats, metal chairs. And so I'm gonna guess we had about 100 chairs in there. And the church was growing, it was very exciting. And I was all wound up speaking. And I got the story of Joshua walking around the, the, the wall, I'd studied, I'd prayed, I'd been ready, and I got that story mixed up with Gideon and his 300. And you, I mean, I was, I knew after a while, I said, I'm so confused, I didn't say it out loud, I didn't wanna admit, I said those 300 men walked around that city. Well, 300 men, all, and I had it, and I said, no, that's not right, that's not right, what am I doing? And that man was fearful. Well, Joshua wasn't fearful, he was fired up, but, but Gideon was fearful, you talk about a termite and a yo-yo, that was me. I was so confused. Uh, there's only two times that was really bad like that. Now there's many times they're bad, 
but two times where I really got mixed up. I got mixed up, you know the story, with Zacchaeus and Nicodemus. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord. He wanted to see, and as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, say it together, Zacchaeus. Well, I got Nicodemus in the tree. And I'll never forget, this isn't right. I, I got so confused. Mrs. Spencer and her two girls, they would sing, you know this story. I've told it before and I'm not getting forgetful. But you were sleeping the last time I told it. At last, that, that Sunday, that, that, that uh, I was on a Sunday morning, I preached that. I believe, Sunday night they stood up or Wednesday night and they said, Nicodemus was a wee little man. I thought, boy, they got mixed up too. Joshua helped me so much. This book helped me. This book helped our church. You know, I, I changed it after a while, but our first year, we called the first decade. I said these, and we had a big banner, a big sign out, I cut out a card cart out of a plywood. We put it in the lobby, it was beautiful. Um, 1975 to 84, 85 was the decade of direction. I preach so much about the direction of our church, how ushers should have been usher, what is a deacon, what's Christian music, how do we, and, and what is Bible conviction, and everything was a direction, starting a Christian school. Here's Brother Kevin Manley. Uh, you weren't born, happy birthday today, and Daylene over there, happy birthday. But you, we talked about the visit with the pastor Sunday night, 30 minutes. I teach about, here's how you ought to have a funeral. Uh, here's how you ought to have a will. Here's what you ought to do. And uh, every Sunday night for about 30 minutes, question and answer time. It was set in a direction. And then the next 10 years, I call it the decade of development. We were developing these ministries and we were developing these properties and we were developing things and moving forward over there and praying about things and developing things. God allowed us to secure this property. And, and we knew where we were going. That's what this book of Joshua is about. It's conquering this land. We have to get this city, and we get this city. Well, if you're gonna conquer a city, <laughs> I'm not forcing it here, folks, this letter R. You have, I've got an R for conquering the cities. Do you have one yet? Hmm. See, that's why you need me. You can't even come up with an R. You've got one? I've got it. You're gonna ruin mine if you got, do you have one? What's your R? You're getting this city, this city, this city, and this. Uh, you want to say something back there, don't you? I'm not going to let you say it. Uh, but um, or your wife has, and I can tell one of you does. Uh, okay, here it is. You, this is going to be awesome. Let, let me just fast forward. Not next week, pastor's conference, but when we get to the judges, well, that's a very obvious what R. What is the judges? What are they called? Rulers, you don't have to come when we get on that one because you've got it down already. And when you get to the book of Ruth, which is the next book, I wonder what R can we have for Ruth? Ruth. <laughs> See, you're catching on. We're talking about Joshua. We're talking about a region. I'll wait for the amen. <laughs> that was profound, folks. This is gonna take a lot longer if I have to do the amen and, and the preaching both. It's a region. I don't want you to get this region. 
Well, that's a good one, pastor. And I want you to get this region. And I want you, thank you, I want you to get this region. In fact, notice what he says in chapter one. Verse three, verse two, Moses, my servant is dead, now arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people into the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Verse three, let's read it together, ready, begin. Every place, and then he says, he gives the boundaries of the region. From the wilderness of this Lebanon to the great river, the river Euphrates, and to all the land of the Hittites, and the going down of the great sea shall, uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And so the first five books lead us up to Canaan, and now this book leads us into Canaan. And here we are finally gonna enter what took not only 11, what could have been 11 days, it took 40 years, but it took all of those hundreds of years in Egypt, and it took all that time to bring us to this time right here. And God says, I'm gonna start giving you this land now. And they moved, as we saw last week, from tents to houses. Houses that they did not build. And they moved from manna to milk and honey and grapes of escrow. Everything is gonna change. That sweet little grandson. Oh, it's all gonna change now. The Holy Spirit lives within him. He got saved. Amazing thing. I've not been praying for Sam. I doubt if you've been praying for salvation either. I just saw you, I lost you. Where'd you go, Sam? What are you doing there? Oh, my goodness. I don't think you and Julie were praying for Riley. We thought he was saved. But we are praying for Addison, our grandchild. And Bobby, we are praying for Annalise, that grandchild that's just a little four-year-old getting saved, and Logan and Lakin to get saved. We have 13 grandkids, and now uh, 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 all but the last four saved. But oh, happy day, Brother Van Dyke, He's a new creature, new creation in God. He has the Holy Spirit of God. Who knows what's gonna happen in his life? Oh, they'll be testing. And the children of Israel are going to the land that God had promised. And he said, I want you to get all this region and conquer it. It's an amazing thing as we look at this. All the old generation, but two men died off. Two men. Turn with me in your Bibles. Keep your Bible here. Let's go back to Numbers 13. Numbers 13. You're listening well. You know, I think of how you've worked all day today. Probably not eating dinner. God bless you for being here tonight. I think it's probably perfect weather out there tonight. I'm so hot on this platform. Sunday morning, I knew it was going to be cold, so I wore two pair of socks. And Sunday morning, right before preaching, I'm sitting here thinking, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna go run over there and take my one pair of, I could take off one pair of socks in front of you. And then I thought, well, maybe I can have a word of prayer. Every head be bowed, every eye closed. But then I thought the internet crowd, they'd be watching me take my socks off. You know, preaching's rather hard sometimes, folks. If you would just sleep more often, I could take care of it this way. Here we have chapter number 13. 
They sent these 12 spies out, and of course you saw the verse 23 of chapter 13, the grapes of escrow. And they returned after searching, verse 25, the land for 40 days. And they said, oh, verse 27, the latter parts of the land that flows with milk and honey and the fruit. Nevertheless, the people that are strong, they dwell in the land, great cities are walled. And the people began to complain in verse 30, here it is. And Caleb stilled the people. He said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, oh, we, we are not able to go up. The people, they are stronger than we. And, and they actually said, watch the latter part of verse 32. It is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. They're saying they eat people. They don't eat people. And the people saw it, the men of great stature. And we saw this giant's. And so the people murmured. But there's two men in chapter 14, Caleb and Joshua. And because of their belief amongst everyone else that had unbelief, go back to the book of Joshua. We'll start to pull Joshua together and then we'll be on our way. Because of their belief, the Bible says, now Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Joshua is still here. Joshua is going to be part of this. And in our lives, don't ever, please, Jack Trevor, would you listen to this? Let's not make decisions based on fear and unbelief. I wish I could have the people in this room that were here when we treated this property like Jericho. This property, no streets, no curbs, no fire hydrants, no drainage. It had that building, there was a loading dock in the back, they drove the forklift, there was no second floor uh, where the auditorium is now, that was all open, forklifts were in there. Stanford Applied Engineering, all this was, was just dirt, dirt in the back, dirt everywhere, little bit of parking lot over here. A place next door grew escargot, snails, and they dumped them all on this property. And when you walked, you walked literally on hundreds and thousands of them. I went to the owner, Ben Yates, and I said, Ben, we're praying for this property. He was safe, man, still alive. I said, would you allow us to put a, a like a plexiglass pulpit that would resist the rain on this corner and one on this corner and one on this corner and one on this corner, and I'm gonna put a prayer request underneath it. And I want my people to be able to walk around this property. You know, like, he goes, I know the story. And I said, we're going to claim this land. And I remember walking through the weeds when they became weeds that looked so beautiful when it rained, and then the weeds and the thistles would get in your socks. And walking down this area here, and all you trump on that, because a whole new load all the time of snails. You know, it's an amazing thing. I can remember, and you can too, walking around this property. It wasn't possible. But I can tell you something about the church that was here so many years ago, more than a quarter of a century. They believed God could do this. You remember the story. We offered them four and a half million. They had two offers, one in the high six million and one at nine million to build houses here. And, and you recall 
how I still have the letter. We all from four and a half million. We didn't have four and a half cents. We had no money. A lot of you shaking your head remembering. And you know, the city wouldn't let them build the houses here. And a year later, they came back and said, you can buy the property if your offer is still good for four and a half million. Remember what we offered? So, oh no, the offer's not good, four and a half. We'll give you three million. And I can recall that lawyer that was there in that meeting, he'd swear a lot. Brother Moyer, in the office that now you have, that area right there. And I can remember the owner didn't like it when the lawyer swore. And he said, three million would be fine. You know the whole thing. We had no down payment. He said, where will you get the down payment? And the, and the lawyer swear, swore, and because I, I said, we don't have any down payment. He said, how much do you want to pay a month? Because they said, how are you going to get a loan? I said, you're going to have to fi finance it for us. He said, we can do it because the lawyer swore. He said, how much can you put down? Do you remember? I, I said, some of you are raising your hand. You know it. I said, we'll give you a dollar because in 16 months we're going to start a college. And we paid a dollar. This is our property. Every building said, you can't build that ladies' dorm. You can't build that city did, that men's dorm. You can't build this auditorium. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do what you're trying to do here. But you know what? I believe the people of God, not just the pastor, and I believe, I believe the people of God believe that God could do this. This sweet couple right here, they bought this building the day my daughter was married in February 2000. The day that she got married was the day they bought that property. And I'm praying for, I go by that for years. I've been back going by, I need that, we need that property. And I'm praying for 545 and 555 on this street. And then sometimes, and I've got them all named, all these buildings across the street. There, this one's Jericho, this is Jericho. There's AI and there's, there's Gil. Got them all named. And I look at this big region over there. You, we cannot get that public school. I know it's not possible. So we just call that Kadesh Barnea. Because God just may want to give that to us. You recall when we went to the city, I'm getting off the subject, went to the city to use the Little League Park. I said, oh, you can't use that Little League Park unless you have a mailing address there. They said, well, we said, who owns the Little League Park? And they looked up in the records and the records, they've since changed them. They said, it shows that the park and the school and the swimming pool is owned by North Valley Baptist Church. <laughs> well, Jose, that was just, that was just God saying, well, it's all yours one day. Here, here we've got the, this, this first chapter. I, I, let, me, let me just jot it down for you. If you want to write it down as they go for this first region, you'll see in verse in this first chapter, there's land. I, I, I used to preach this message for, for almost 40 years ago at churches. The ingredients of a great church. Land, the Lord, the law, the leader, and the loyalty. You see it right there? He gives us the description. We read it. Verse 2, 3, and 4 of the land. And then verse 5 and 6, the Lord. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for under this people thou shalt divide an inheritance of the land which I swear unto the fathers. Only, give, only be thou very strong, courageous. 
You need me. You need the Lord. You need the, you need the land. But he said, by the way, you need the law. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And then you need a leader. Verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers. And then you need loyalty. Verse 16, all that thou commandest to, to do, whithersoever thou sendest, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so we'll hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee. Then we get into chapter two. You study this book. You're going to see chapter two is the story of Rahab and the, and, and the spies. And then the passage of Jordan. Isn't Jordan a wonderful, wonderful uh, text? When you get to uh, chapter three, I'm, I'm turning there right now. When you get to chapter three, he rose up early. And then in chapter number four, notice what it says. There's supposed to, there's, before you can get over here to this first city, you gotta cross over Jordan. And did you notice in chapter two, and now in chapter four, first they got at the Jordan. Some of you wanna be over the Jordan, you're not at the over the Jordan point yet, you're at the Jordan. You're looking at that obstacle that's so big. You're looking at that Jordan River that is uncrossable. You're looking at that marriage that is not doing very well. You're looking at that child that you're raising and you're not doing it, doesn't seem a good job. You don't have his or her heart. And you're looking at that finances and, the, and you're looking at that job and everything is like the Jordan River. You can't get over the Jordan. So you just, but God says, I want you to get to the Jordan. And did you notice in this text, it's wonderful. I wish I had time to go through all these verses. They stand at the Jordan. The next thing you find them, they're in the midst of the Jordan. Step into the water. Wait out a little bit deeper. Got to get in the Jordan. My obstacle is I just can't get faithful to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We'll stop looking at it, get in the water. Just say, I've got an appointment Sunday morning, Sunday night, the house of God. Get in the Jordan. And then the latter part of the verse, they went over the Jordan. So many want to get over the Jordan, you're not even looking at the Jordan yet. You want to get over there. Huh, I'm just going to have, huh, I wonder, I got to get rid of this car. I don't want to get hurt, but maybe I can total the car out. Get some insurance money, get it all paid, get off my back. See, we, we want to get over the Jordan, but God wants to take us at the Jordan, in the Jordan, over the Jordan. When you get to, I, I, I hope you'll see this here. I hope when you read it, when you get to chapter six, we have Jericho. Oh, I want you to read Jericho. And then you have the failure at Ai. What was the failure? They took the accursed thing. God said, that first city belongs to me. Just like the tithe belongs to me. Don't, don't, don't you touch it. It's cursed. And a man by the name of Achan, it's amazing, he stole it. He took what he should not have taken. And he said, of that possession he took, I hid it. Why would you steal something and then have to hide it? That shows you you should not have stolen it. And he hid that which he took. And all the destruction that came, and not only did it affect his life, 36 men died, and then his wife was under judgment, and his children were under judgment, and they stoned him, and he died because of sin at Ai. Victory here and defeat here at Jericho 
Everybody got involved. They said, oh no, only let about two or 3,000 men get involved in this next battle. We've got this one. God came through here, we got this one. But you don't have victory by yourself. Chapter 10, we have the guile at Gibeon. When they posed a story that wasn't true, let's go all the way to the closing chapter, chapter 24. I told you we'd be fast. In chapter 24, and Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel for their heads and for their judges and their officers. They presented before the Lord. He reminds of what God did for Abraham in verse 3. What God did for Isaac, Jacob, and Esau in verse 4. He reminds us in verse 5 about Moses and the plague. He reminds them of how God brought him verse 6 out of Egypt and how that God put darkness between the Egyptians and them in verse number 7. And he said, I brought you to the land of the Amorites. And he continues to review all that God has done. In verse 13, and here's the close. He says, and I have given you the land. Now, Joshua's getting old. He's going to die. He says, verse number 14, now, now. Verse 14, the first word now. After all these things that I've done for you, God, God's done for them. Now, therefore, because God did this, fear the Lord and serve him. And you begin to see where Joshua was so burdened that his people would serve. He said, serve him. He talks two more times in that verse, three times in that verse alone about serving. And verse number 15, four times, serve, serve, served, and serve. He said, choose you this day, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In verse 16, serve. And verse 18, serve. And verse 19, serve. And verse 20, serve. And verse 21, serve. And 22, serve. Now therefore, verse 23, put away, he said, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, as the Lord our God, we, we will serve, and his voice we will obey, serve. And we find it, in verse number 29, it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. Verse 31, and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. As we close tonight, I can't tell you what's gonna happen to your family. They in this lifetime, while you're alive, might cast off the faith of their fathers and how difficult, how sad, how sorrowful that is. I don't know what's going to happen in the North Valley Baptist Church if the Lord tarries and I die. And I have no idea that I'm dying. Uh, I, I'm taking my heroin and cocaine every day trying to live as long as I can. That's a funny ha-ha, kids. We're not doing that, okay? Little marijuana, but no, 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 no marijuana, no marijuana. Boy, you'll find the one thing I said wrong tonight, and don't, don't magnify that. You know, uh, Brother Nikolai, you've lived long enough. We've watched the departure, haven't we? Churches that were one sound in the faith, and they've drifted away from the position once held. That's called apostasy. 
to abandon a once-held position. God's given us 40 deacons, several pastors in our church. They have to do their very best to vet a man and do it quickly because shepherdless sheep, I say it to every church in America all the time, every week that are without a pastor, shepherdless sheep are dangerous sheep because sheep do not know how to find a shepherd. The shepherd has to find the sheep. And you watch what happens. This will say, well, I think we're looking for, he was so, and the things we didn't like about the pastor, he was so that, let's try this new way. Brother Burton, you've been around the block a while. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Oxenine, you know what I'm talking about, Brother McCracken, you've seen it. You have to be careful about changing what he brought us to this place tonight. And they served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Wouldn't it be a sad thing to, if the Lord took me home and I looked down from heaven and I watched God's people stop serving him. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.